Welcome to the Loudoun Impact Podcast, interviewing purpose-driven leaders in Loudoun County, Virginia. And now, here is your host, J.C. Sylvie. J.C. is a Naval Academy graduate, former Navy pilot, and now top real estate agent, focusing exclusively in Loudoun County. Super excited to welcome my next guest, Sharon Vertz. We are in her home today at Selma. Absolutely incredible property. Uh, Sharon, thanks for hosting us today. Well, thank you for for um, coming out and doing this. I mean, I'm really just sort of honored that you guys asked me to join your podcast um, this is, today. So this, yeah. is, this is good. Uh, a little bit of a background on Sharon, and feel free to jump in. But sure. long time Loudoun resident. Born and raised. Born and here. raised. Went to Loudoun County High School. Luckett Elementary. Don't forget Luckett Elementary Luckett. School. <laughs> Leesburg Middle School. There you then, go. Yeah. then Loudoun County High. Uh, UVA grad. Yeah. Uh, founded uh, a, a small business in the beginning, which turned out to be a very large uh, business. <laughs> yeah, it took me 25 years to do that. So, you know, I'm persistent if I'm anything. Very, so, right. very impressive. Yeah, FCI Federal, yes. FCI Federal, we'll get into that a little sure. bit later. Um, and then uh, renovated this incredible property, again, an historic property here in Leesburg, uh, labor of love in some ways. Um, really excited about talking about that. But most recently, you're a published author, and we're going to be talking about your first book, which I assume you're going to be writing more. It seems like you're you've caught the bug. Yeah, I did. As a matter of fact, um, the final manuscript um, goes to the publisher. Uh, Monday, which is March 1st, of book number two, oh my gosh. Uh, which has been in works for about a year now. Uh-huh. And then I'm starting on book number three. I've already got the research underway. So it's a thing. <laughs> I think it's going to be a thing anyway. So uh, Sharon, you're busy. You're a busy You know woman. what? You have to be. Yeah. Uh, you've got enough time to rest when you're in your grave, is what my grandmother <laughs> used to say. So... <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go back to the beginning. Um, Loudoun County resident. I mean, Vert's family, a very prominent name here in Loudoun County. Um, went to Loudoun County High School, like I mentioned, just like my son who's shooting the video right here. Great. <laughs> went to love, as well. Love LCS. Okay. Um, what was it like growing up in the Vert's family as a kid? And how do you think that influenced you uh as a person and as a businesswoman and as an author? Uh, I think it had a lot of influence. Um, I grew up probably, what, um, two, three miles from here. Mm-hmm. Um, we were um, sort of, um, um, I wouldn't say we were impoverished, but we were certainly, um, you know, humble and, and modest in our, in our upbringing. I, the house I grew up in had a dirt floor mm-hmm. uh, in the back. So, um, you know, yeah, it was a, it was a d- different kind of upbringing. But back then, you know, this county wasn't as developed and as big as it is now. Um, right. I think the Beltway was being built when I was, you know, a kid, and um, you could you could count how many cars you'd pass on Route 15 driving from um, Luckett's to Leesburg. Yeah, uh, you know, we'd go to, to to the grocery store. My brother and I would try to guess which color the next car would be, and we could <laughs> go like four minutes without seeing a car. Can you imagine that today? Uh-huh. No, I can't. Um, yeah. but it was different. Um, you know. I love Loudoun County. Um, I, I'm glad to see the growth because I think it's yeah. done a lot for our opportunities for our people, people like yeah. me. So yeah, it's been sure. wonderful. It had a huge impact, um, yeah. you know, growing up humble and, um, you know, make, make, making sure that, you know, you, you, you pushed your way through yeah. um, and did the right things, made right choices and some poor choices and uh, we all do. build a business. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you came out of 
University of Virginia um, with a degree in business or no, English? No, I, I studied systems and computer science, okay. and I am horrible at, at computer science and, mm. uh, and, and anything technical. <laughs> so I went into marketing and uh-huh. business development. Um, I actually was an intern um, through high well, the last year of high school and through college at the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Um, oh. And then I went to work after school uh, for a systems integrator government contracting firm and doing uh-huh. proposal development, marketing, right. business development, that kind of stuff. Yep. And uh, started my own business when I was 29 in the basement of my house uh, here in Loudoun County. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, built just it. Just because of your internship, you like, you just ran with that. Well, you you know what? You're, you're presented with opportunities based yeah. on the choices you make or the, or the experience you have. Yeah. And so I was offered a job um, in a government contracting firm uh-huh. um, because I probably couldn't get a job anyplace else. <laughs> I was not very good at what I did um, and ended up um, you know, staying with them and ended up, I was at Computer Sciences Corporation for four years uh-huh. um, and was in business development there. And then I worked for a publishing company for two years, I think, in New York Yeah. Uh, and then um, started my own company. That's a tough business to get into as a, as a woman. Right. Government contracting? Yes, yes it is. It and is. Especially back then. So what were some of those challenges? Oh, gosh. A lot. Um, yeah. Well, you know, first off, when you'd walk into a conference room or a boardroom, they'd ask you to get the coffee for them. Yeah. You had that. Um, and there were very few of us. Um, so, you know, the Me Too movement, you know, certainly would have had a lot of you know, fun back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, you just you just get tough. Yeah. Um, you have to be smarter. You have to be work harder. Um, you have to have um, tough skin, and um, just keep at keep at it. Yeah. And that's what I did. Right. So you grew that company from just you and your basement, and at the end of the, uh, where, well, where was it? Well, there was a couple little setbacks. Um, uh-huh. We almost went bankrupt in um, two thousand one. You nine eleven. We talked 9/11. about that yep. and the bubble burst uh, on the economy back then. Yeah. And um, so I had to close my offices and move back to my basement and spend a couple of years sort of digging out, regrouping yeah. and reinventing the company and myself. Um, wow. So in 2000, so if you go to 2007, which is about when I sort of had that first government contract, we were what 30 people and one and a half million in revenue. Mm-hmm. And I sold the business in 2017 and with our subcontractors, we were 5,000 employees um, and a quarter billion in business. So yeah. not Amazing. bad. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. You're right. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm done with that. I don't ever want to do it again. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. No, yeah. you could not pay me to get back into government contracting. <laughs> no, I'm having too much fun doing what I'm doing now. No, 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 no. Let's talk about this house. This house. And it's oh. not quite a house, right? It well, is a your, house. It's, it's, Soma. it's cozy. It's I, <laughs> I, It's warm. It, it, you know, the, what are these ceilings? Uh, 15 foot ceilings? 14. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, you've done an incredible job. Oh, so is you. it um, Selma Mansion? Is that how it's referred to? Or That's what Selma we refer State? to. Okay. Well, it, 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 I guess it was the old manor home manor for home. The, the Selma plantation, right. you know, a thousand years ago. Right. Uh, or Selma Farm, I think it may have been referred okay. to at some point, too. Um, but I guess somebody in the press, somebody dubbed it, um, Selma Mansion, it's stuck. I don't think we did, but it it was called that when we sort of bought it. Um, it was the old dilapidated mansion on the hill. So, yeah, but yeah, um, I love this place. Um, the story about this is, is incredible. You know, I, I saw this on Facebook, 
Um, okay, a friend so of mine let's, from, yeah, let's yeah. get into how you find because it wasn't for sale. No. <laughs> and it wasn't in, in, a, in any kind of condition that anybody thought reasonably that it could ever be brought back to life. Right. So this is, um, so my friend, I she, she and I went to uh, middle school together, high school together, and went to UVA together. Name's Danette Clemens. And Danette, I'm giving you a shout out just because I like you. <laughs> um, she posted on her Facebook page this picture, this old, white, dilapidated mansion. And underneath of it, she says, can you um, name this house? Or do you know what house this is? And right. I looked at it and I said... I, it's familiar, but I don't know. And then somebody else commented that it was Selma. And I said, you have got to be kidding me. Because I grew up not far from here. I knew it from school. I, I knew was going to say, yeah, The girls you, that grew up here, you yeah. know, um, Benji Epperson was uh-huh. across the street and her sister Enid. I went to high school with them. So I knew the house. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe I was sick. I couldn't believe it. It was um, January of 2017. I'm sorry, 2016. And I was sick to my stomach. And so for two, three days, I sort of wrestled with this whole thing. So I called a friend of mine, uh, Gwen Pangle, who is our local realtor. Everybody knows Gwenny. And I said, I want to buy that house. And she said, it's not for sale. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, find out who owns it. And, and you know, I, I want to talk to him. Yeah. And she said, I know who owns it. And he's never going to sell it. Um, and I said, well, you, you get him in a room with me and we'll, we'll see how that works out for him. So, um, I told, that's so then I told Scott, my husband, yep. I said, uh, I want to buy this house. And he said, what house? And then I showed him, he says, are you high? Yeah. You want to, you want to buy what, what? Yeah. And so long story short, um, she, Gwen finds the, uh, the owner, he lives in Germany. He's, he's uh-huh. Dutch. He lives in Germany. Um, and he was on his way to Chicago and stopped here. Either he was going to come here, or I was going to go there. That I, mean, I was, my mind was made up. I was right. buying the house. And, you know, as Gwen predicted, he said he wasn't going to sell it. It wasn't for sale and blah, 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 blah. And we said, okay. And so, um, I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah. And we liked how that worked out. Why did you want to buy this property? It spoke to me. I, I don't know what it is. You guys can call me all sorts of, you know, crazy, you know, names or something, you know, in terms of, you know, she's, she's whacked or she's, you know, she's got something, she's still listening to all I, I walked into it. this house. My husband and I came out here after that big snowstorm we had January of, of 16, three foot snow. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe about a week later and um, a car got stuck. So we walked and I kept saying, it's just over here. It's just, we walked like a mile and a half in the snow. They were ready to kill me. He and my yeah. son, they were ready to kill me. And we came into the house with permission um, from the owner. Mm-hmm. We came into the house and, um, it just spoke to me. Um, I didn't see the vines. I didn't see the water damage. I didn't see the falling in ceilings. I didn't see any of it. I saw this. I saw yeah. what it it could be, and and it spoke to me. It was crying. It was sad. It had this, you know. It just spoke to me, and it says, you know, we can do this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Scott and I made a deal that if it was structurally sound. Um, then, um, we could purchase it. So I called, um, Ed D'Onofrio over at D'Onofrio Associates and told him to make sure that it was structurally sound. (laughs) You got the right guy. We'll give another shout out to Ed. Yeah. Right. I said, Ed, make sure that it's structurally sound. He's like, I'm like, wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and when we were leaving after the property inspection and we walked through, I said to Scott, I said, it's going to be okay. Just a little wire brushing and some paint. It it won't take long. (laughs) But that day when we closed um, in March of 17, uh, 16, I told um, my husband, I said, we'll be in by the summer of 17. He said, there's no way. I said, oh, you watch. We yeah. will be in here 
by the summer of 17. And so I gave him the date of July, I think it was July 1st. I said we'd be in by July 1st. We moved in July 19th. Oh, now, God. mind you, we only had yeah. half a kitchen. I was going to say, what was it like when you moved in? Because it wasn't oh, it was time, a mess. Right? No, no. Yeah. I mean, on the, the side where our bedroom is, um, yeah. there was the open wall and it was straight to the outside because they ripped the porch off and, yeah. and the tarps were like blowing in the wind at night and it was, you know, it was a little dusty and it was a little rough. But yeah. um, if I wasn't here, if we weren't here, um, those workers never would have finished. They would have been here for another two years. I mean, this was a this was a lifetime job for some of these folks. So. You just came in and you ran it like a project. You would have. I ran it like a project. I in have your business. Um, yeah, I have. Um, I actually gave a presentation to the um the Rotary Club recently, maybe about a year ago, and I showed them one of the um the uh we call those things uh, Gantt charts. I used the project yeah. planning charts I used. Yeah. And I had every work team, every crew we had here color-coded. There were 12 crews at any given time doing all different things. And I had this whole, just like yeah. I'd run a project, like I'd run a company business stuff. I would, this whole chart of who was supposed to be where, you know, oh what their gosh. metrics were. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about construction, right? Nothing. Right. <clears throat> so I'm watching these guys scrape all this paint and I'm going, it's taking them forever. There's something not right here. So I get on the internet and I and I pull up how many square feet of paint could one scrape in an hour? And so I basically established benchmarks for every for everything. Right. That's and I would first. go and measure how many yeah. at night, how many did this do, this guy scrape today? He's not working fast enough. And so I'm like, you, you need to, you need, you need to, you know, you need to get with it because this is not it's not working for oh, me. Oh, that's good, Sharon. But that's that's yeah. how I did it. And I just yeah. I was here every day. Yeah. And it's uh, we'll shoot some video and show it um, for those of you uh, watching on video. Um, it's just an incredible property, and we're in the what would you is this the front parlor? Is this is this the drawing room. The drawing room. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's um um if you look, oh, you can't really see it, but I'm sure you guys will get video. Yeah, for we'll get some viewers video. later. Yeah, yeah. The ceiling. What's interesting about this room is that it um, the ceiling um, when we bought the place was flat there was none of this ornamental mm -hmm. um plaster uh, up there and um when we found the old drawing believe it or not the old architectural drawings were still in existence in richmond because oh, they yeah. still the company's still in business that did the architectural work back in 1902 when the house was rebuilt and this plaster work was on those drawings yeah but never installed wow so we said how neat would this be that so is. we had um ron layman who's our <clears throat> plaster guy <clears throat> Um, he's great. Came in here and reinstalled or installed for the first time the original design for the ceiling. I thought that was kind of neat to do. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Mm -hmm. I uh, I can't wait to see more of it. Um, because just driving up here, Sharon, it, it's just really neat. Yeah. yeah. Let's um, love this house. <laughs> so the house is um, plays a big part in the book. It does, and um, a lot of it's based on obviously this part of the country. Um, it's a historical fiction. So this is, we're not a book club. So maybe for those of us, well, I, I understand what a historical fiction book is, but ex <laughs> explain, explain that a little bit. And oh, why, well, and why do you think that's important? Well, um, it's interesting. My, my publicist, Sandy, um, says to me that it's actually more than a historical fiction. She calls it faction. Um, I thought that's kind of neat because a lot of historical yeah. fiction is, is based on, you know, a certain time period. Um, and emulates certain events, you know, yeah. kind of plays on them, but the characters are all fictional and it's a fictional story. Right. Um, this is a true story. Uh, now it's fiction because 
I've made the dialogue up and I filled in blanks and I've made up a couple of things that, you know, probably didn't happen, but that's okay. Or maybe they did. Um, but to make it interesting and I've cut things and moved things around, but it's based on the true story of the the gentleman who first built this house, Armistead Mason, who Mm -hmm. was, um, the grand nephew of George Mason the fourth. Um, his father, his grandfather and George Mason were, were brothers. Uh Um, Armistead Mason, um, built this house in 1810 and, uh, it's based on, his uh, controversy with his brother-in-law and second cousin, Jack Mason McCarty. And when we first bought the place, you know, you're, you're curious, you know, who built it. Mm-hmm. And the White family was a big part of um, the history because they rebuilt this house in 1902. But then when you dig back further, you realize that it's the Mason family that and this all this property in this area is, right. is Mason land. So mm-hmm. and, and you'll in the book, I actually refer to Mason land um, some yeah. someplace in there. Yeah. Um, but th- historical fiction really is is taking those stories, at least this faction uh, account of it, taking the story of that controversy and bringing it to life. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 fiction because it's not, you know, sure. true, true, but it's right. you know, 75, but 80 ex- percent. Yeah, there. he existed. He right. lived here. He built it. The, you know, there are certain events. There are definitely events in the story right. that are factual. And, you know, and but obviously, I, we don't know the dialogue, which which I think finds it. I find fascinating. I love like one of my favorites is uh, Killer Angels. Mm. Um, you know, all those. It's you know, a great I learned book. a lot about the Confederate War. Right. Um, you know, I, I understand that dialogue may or may not have taken place, but I've. Doesn't matter, really right? Cool. Well, yeah. in this case, in in mask, what I've done is I worked with a psychologist mm-hmm. um, to sort of unwind, unpack these characters. I I received, um, you know, I've got a lot of letters that they wrote back and forth to each other, newspaper mm-hmm. articles, what other folks wrote about them, notices that they published in the newspaper, and you know, pulled all that together. And when you read Armistead's correspondence, the, a, a person emerges from that, yeah. and I. After I mean, I know this guy pretty well, right? Um, yeah. I think I've nailed him. I really do. I think he was a, a, a narcissist. I think he had some mental struggles, uh, mm-hmm. mental illness issues. I think he was, um, uh, you know, blustering and and it, honor was everything to him, mm-hmm. like everything. Um, Jack McCarty, uh, another one. You know, I've actually been in touch with his great 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 grandson. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe it's four greats. I can't remember how many greats yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, who lives out in Los Angeles and he provided me some correspondence that he had from his great 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 grandmother, um, that, you know, talks about Jack McCarty yeah. and, and what he was like. And again, you know, having the luxury of, you know, his letters and him living longer, um, you know, when things were more published, you know, there's a lot more documentation from that other period. So we were able to use uh, a lot of that stuff to create who these people really were. It's the women that we always have trouble with. Yeah. But it's a, it's based on a true story. Um, and based on the aristocracy that was here in Loudoun County in that time period, you know, 1810 Mm -hmm. to 1820. Um, and you'll recognize the family names. Um, you recognize the properties, Belmont's in there, you know, Rockland is in there. Um, Woodgrove, yeah. uh, Aldi, uh, Raspberry Plain. Yeah. And these were all, you know, huge properties, huge family yeah. um, influence in politics and basically the forming of this nation, this very fragile nation, yeah. um, you know, when, the, when we were so young, you know, still did Norway. That brings up a good point. You mentioned um, the book has uh, a, a background involving honor, right? That's a theme that you feel runs through the book. 
And you also talk about the fragility of our democracy, right? And so those are pretty important today. I think they're relevant right. today. So do you want to talk a little bit about sure. that? Sure. I, I mean, first off, if you look at the time period, and just by the way, um, we've um, I'm on the chair of the Loud Museum board, and um, I've um, sort of um, underwritten a, um, a new exhibit that's going to be opening up this spring on that time period from mm-hmm. 1800 to 1824 during the the Virginia dynasty rule mm-hmm. you know Jefferson Madison Monroe yep. um and that that very fragile republic so if, if folks want to know more about what was going on here in Loudon right. the Loudon museum is going to have a great exhibits coming this this spring that talks about that um that presents a lot of the artifacts <coughs> that we have on that period um but as it relates to the way things are today i i mean if you think about it the war had ended with um, the revolution had ended, but a lot of the trade um, uh, practices and, and agreements weren't worked out between the fledgling new nation and and, um, and Great Britain. And the War of 1812, the Jay Treaty kind of dealt with that a little bit, but the War of 1812 was to resolve it, but still didn't resolve a lot of it. So, you know, tariffs were being introduced. So we have a trade war now, you know, here yeah. with, with China. Yep. Uh, and they were having a trade war with uh, with Britain. Um, and they didn't want to go to war again because they just came out of war. And, you know, we've just had a president that doesn't want us in any wars. And so it's, it's very similar. Um, we had um, back in that, you know, who had the right to vote? Um, was a huge um, challenge they were dealing with, and, mm-hmm. and and you'll read in the book, you know that who the it's interesting. It's kind of almost reverse. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that uh, on the western part of the county, so where all the well back in 1815, 1820, yeah. where all the liberals were, <laughs> That's um, <funny. laughs> and then all of the conservative aristocracy, of course, yeah. was the eastern end. Right. And if actually, if you look at politics today, it's probably the other way around here in Loudon, sure but is. it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, but all the liberals, the Republicans, it's interesting too, um, yeah. wanted uh, everybody to be able to vote. You know, that yeah. was a, a white male that had, you know, what have you. Women couldn't vote, of course, because we were yeah. you know, second class citizens to yeah. you guys. Yeah. Um, but the, um, the what do you call it? The, um, the, the Republicans were, you know, very pushing those, those boundaries and the conservatives were, were pushing back. So yeah. again, some of the same issues. And then in this particular book, um, what starts this this controversy that leads to this duel is voter fraud. Um, you know, where the conservative candidate was accused of cheating and stealing the election from mm-hmm. the Republican, which was the liberal candidate. Yeah. I know it's a little bit, di- di- but it's the same sure. thing. I mean, yeah. and it was ugly. Um, and the exchanges in the newspaper were just downright nasty. Mm-hmm. But back then when you really offended someone, um, you'd say, okay, buddy, I'm calling you out. And that meant we're going to be meeting on a field with a gun, gun. okay? Yeah. <laughs> and even though dueling was illegal in Virginia, that didn't stop them from going sure. to Maryland, which is where they went, yeah. Bladensburg, Maryland. Yeah. And um, and in the case, and, and it is true, um, I was questioned by this when someone said, there's no way they, they dueled like this. I said, oh, yeah, they did. Um, the weapons selected for this duel were muskets mm-hmm. at three to four paces. Oh, my god! Some accounts say three paces. Some yeah. accounts say four paces. So Still. I mean, muskets, can you imagine? Their barrels almost touched when they lifted them uh, and they shot. So crazy, right? We could solve a lot of our problems. We had dueling back. Is that what you're saying, JC? (laughs) We should have some, no. no. But, But, you know, it just, it's an interesting lesson in that, in that um, it's not that much different. 
Um, and we as a nation survived yeah. 202 yeah. years since that duel and 204 years since that particular election. Yeah. Uh, and we will survive, you know, more and longer right. um, as long as we, and the lesson of the book uh, really is it's, a, it's about honor. Yes. How you respect yourself, but it's all about forgiveness, forgiveness. Uh, and yep. learning how to forgive people and how to work together. Because if you don't learn how to forgive, yeah. you can't move on. Um, you can't find happiness. You can't, you can't find a way, a path forward. Yeah. And that's the message of the book. And it's hard to, when you look at the cover and you look at the book, you go, I don't get forgiveness out of that, but that's what this book's about. Yeah. And it applies, I think beyond just, you know, the politics. Um, but th- this book is also a bit of a romance. So yep. it, it applies there because Lucinda Lee had to learn how to forgive, uh, yeah. in order to find happiness in her own life. You, you told me earlier, you thought it was a, a guy's book. There's a lot of one-upmanship, yes, yeah. I'd say. I'll keep it clean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's a yeah. lot of, you know, um, political banter. Um, and there's mm. a lot of, you know, uh, you offended me and, yeah. you know, we're going to have it out. And the women in the book were the strong ones in a lot of ways. They're the ones that thwarted this duel from happening for a long while. Um, yeah. And they were manipulating their men behind the scenes, which I think is interesting as well. Yeah. Um, which yeah. you know, because they didn't have a voice, right. but the voice was the voice of those um, of those men that they, the men. they had to deal with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> deal with right. Um, how are the sales going? You just you just published like within a two couple weeks ago. of days, right? Yeah, so we, two our weeks release ago. date was the ninth, which is almost the two hundred second anniversary of the duel. So, <clears throat> so, so sales. Um, so uh, yeah, so this is exciting for you, right? It is. This is pretty neat. Yeah, it is really. Um, I mean, it's, I've always wanted to publish a book, although I did think the book was going to be about, you know, how to build a business from your basement kind of a thing. I didn't oh, think really? it would. Yeah, I always thought it was going to be a book about, you know. Is that a book you wanted to write, though? At one point, I did. Uh-huh. Uh, it's so boring now. There's no way. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. just don't see that, me doing I, that. I can't I've see already that forgot how to you. do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I already forgot, you know. This um, seems a lot more this fun. This is a lot more fun. Um, but yeah, this, um, the sales. Okay, so I'm a CEO. Heart, right? I know how to run a business. I have to have my, you know, all my metrics and and stuff. And so there are no key performance indicators in this business. (laughs) I'm very frustrated by it. You don't get sales results until like a month or or two in in arrears. How do you know which lever creates what? Yeah. It's the most frustrating, archaic business I've ever been in. So what you have to do is you have to look at what your rankings are on Amazon because Amazon sells like 80% of all books in in this country. Um, And so um, this week on Amazon, I think in their their Kindle store, we were the number one bestseller in political fiction. We have hit um, number one in three three new release categories, which would be American historical romance. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd see that. Yeah. Um, political fiction and in historical biographic fiction, which I didn't even know was a category. Yeah. Um, or no, I'm sorry, it's, it's biographic fiction, not historic. So we've hit three new release targets there. And for an entire day, we made Amazon's best sellers list in good old fashioned literature and fiction. So something's going on. I have no idea what the sales are because, you know, no one can tell you anything. I'll find out in May. I'll let you know. Um, But I think it's going well. The reviews have been fabulous. Uh, Amazon reviews are like 4.8 something out of five stars. Which is really important. It's 4.7 or 4.6 and a half something. So, yeah, it's really important. So really what happens, you can do all those 
sales promotions and uh, marketing and PR and all that good right. stuff. But unless you've got a book that people want to read and people like, um, then you know you, you got to you won't sell anything. So yeah. I'm I'm happy with the response, and I think folks in Loudon are going to love it because they're going to recognize sure. the places, right? They're yeah. going to know. That, you know, I know where that is. I've yeah. been there, you know. I've yeah. been to Belmont Country Club because most of the big parties happen at Belmont. Um, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> just saying. Right. And the courthouse. A lot of courthouse action, you know. Yeah. A lot of, you know, fighting yeah. on the courthouse steps and the bars and the taverns uh, uh-huh. in downtown Leesburg. So right. it gets a lot of a lot of play. And, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to write it as well is that, you know, I love this county. I love the history of this county. Uh, and not all of our history is pretty. Um, but I wanted to, you know, sort of show people that live here that may not know it, how important, um, this county seat was to what was happening in the country yeah. and the people that lived here, what influence they had. Yeah. I don't think we realize it. I mean, Armistead Mason was most likely going to be governor of Virginia had he not been shot. Um, mm-hmm. and Lord knows where he would have gone. Right. Although my husband says that Armistead was so volatile, he probably would have self-destructed um, long before yeah. he got that opportunity. <laughs> right. So who know. knows? But he was the youngest senator that ever served in the Senate. So uh, it's an interesting... It's, uh, it's a pretty neat story, Sharon. For those uh, of you watching the video, uh, this is the book, uh, Mask of Honor by Sharon Vertz. And they've got a pretty cool picture of Selma uh, Mansion in the background with uh, the lead character that... This is not, you guys had to create this picture. Right. That right? is Armistead Mason. Um, from his profile, we had an artist in New York, uh, you know, come up with what his rendering Winners. would be. Um, so that's as close as I could get it. Uh, it's interesting. When I started the book, by the way, JC, I thought Armistead was the protagonist, but actually it ends up being Jack McCarty. Was, but we'd already yeah. done all this work and I said, it's going to go the way it is because <laughs> I'm not fixing it. I'm not changing it at this point. Good for you. Yeah. So how can people support you, Sharon, and purchase the book? What's the Sure. Any that? e-tailer, um, obviously okay. Amazon, on yep. Kindle, on uh, regular book hardcover sales yep. uh, Barnes and Noble any local bookstore I think uh, Books a Million has it online as well here in Leesburg yeah. they have it um, you can get it anywhere you'd like um, we don't really care the audiobook by the way is fabulous if you haven't if you like audio the guy uh-huh. that did it is Jonathan Todd Ross you didn't get Matthew McConaughey uh, no I wanted Matthew McConaughey but no he was busy <laughs> he's busy, uh, he's busy. Taken. yeah so no yeah. Jonathan Todd Ross though, I'll take Jonathan Todd Ross all day long he Good. Did the Rifleman by Oliver North, oh, yeah. and I yeah. heard his 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 uh, clip on that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love him. Yeah. He does. It's like watching a movie, listening to him to do this. He judges yeah. the voices, he acts sure. it. It's fabulous. So if you're not a big reader, you can put it on in your car and listen to it. Jonathan Todd like Ross does idea. it. Recorded books. Yeah, uh, you can buy it on Audible wherever you get your, your yeah. audio books. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's. That's great. And I will give you uh, also a shout out. I, I realize how important it is for reviews uh, for the success of the book. So please, um, everybody out there that, that buys the book, please review it on Amazon. Give it a, a five-star five rating. Five stars, baby. Of course. That's what I'm yeah, support yeah. Loudoun <laughs> County history. Right. Uh, Sharon, thanks for having us. This oh, no, been, thank you guys for coming. I really appreciate this it. This is too. a lot of fun. All right, All right thank guys. Thank you so much, JC. Thanks for uh, watching, and we'll see you guys next time. Right.